Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, I know the weather is different up there in New York than it is down here in Orlando, but from all social media reports, it seems like New York is starting to get into a bit of that fall weather that I miss so terribly living down here in uh, the Sunshine State. Uh, you know, what's it like watching an Ohio State football game when it's like 95 degrees? It's uh, it's honestly, it's a little weird. We're getting ready yeah. for the first game this Thursday, and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like I still look outside and I start sweating. That's not football <laughs> weather to me. I still figure out a way to make it work and to get excited. But that's not football weather to me. I miss the fall. I love the fall. Uh, do you ever like turn the air conditioning up really high and put a sweater on just to feel like you're back in Ohio? No, I generally keep the air conditioning, you know, pretty cool, but uh, not cool enough to get a sweater because I don't own a sweater anymore, James. I've lived in Orlando uh, for for quite a few years. I, I don't own sweaters. But aren't you coming to visit New York in November? You're going to be free. I am. I'm going to have to get something for, for November. Yeah, I'm going to be up there. If anybody's listening, the 8th through the 12th, um, a Wednesday through a Sunday. So I will be there. Um, hopefully, James, maybe I'll meet you for the first time ever. <laughs> um, eh, maybe. Um, but if you see a guy who has uh, more hair on his face than on the top of his head walking around uh, with an Ohio State sweatshirt on, that very well could be me. That's half of Brooklyn. I know. All right. <laughs> All right. What's up in the Broadway show and casting news? Well, yesterday, James, we found out that two Broadway shows would be welcoming new leads over the next either few days or the next few weeks. First, we learned that Tony nominee Will Swenson will be returning to the diner as the, quote, ne'er-do-well husband of Betsy Wolf's Jenna in Waitress the Musical on Broadway. Swenson previously, Swenson previously played the role on Broadway for two and a half months earlier this year and will return next month on September 12th, replacing Joe Tippett, who exits the role on the 10th. No word to how long Will will be at the diner this time, so hopefully it's a little longer than the two and a half months earlier this spring. As everybody knows, Waitress is playing at the Brooks Atkinson Theater on Broadway. And then also on Monday, we learned that a Bronx tale would be welcoming two new stars on Wednesday, as Christiani Pitts will replace Ariana DeBose as Jane, and Will Combs will replace Hudson Lovero as Young Caligero. A Bronx tale is currently running at the Longacre Theater on Broadway. And as we're about to talk about here in a second, both of these shows could use a bit of a boost at the box office. Uh, I don't know that either of these casting announcements are enough to do that, but fingers crossed for both of them. Oh, right. So uh, what happened in this week's Broadway grosses? Uh, it was another pretty rough week, James. Um, obviously, things weren't helped by the loss of On Your Feet. That's one fewer show, one mm. less show on Broadway. So that brought it down. But overall, the grosses were down 7.31% to come in at $26,578,507. Only eight of Broadway's 29 shows saw week-to-week increases, led by Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812, which was just under $975,000, or 90.7% percent of its gross potential, which James really just frustrates me when you think about what could have been with this show had it been better produced. Anyway, it was followed in terms of the week-to-week increases by another show that will be closing on September 17th, and that's Bandstand, which picked up uh, picked up an extra $53,000, but was still at just about $542,592. Hamilton, no surprise, was again at the top of the list, but, but, this is a huge but, 
it was down to $2,964,000 the second week in a row that it was below $3 million. James, that's the first time that it's been back-to-back below $3 million since the last week of March and the first full week of April. I, I have to wonder when they're going to post that closing notice because it's getting pretty rocky over there at the Richard Rogers. Um, <laughs> uh, next on the list behind Hamilton was Hello Dolly at $2.2 million, The Lion King at two, And then this is kind of interesting. Dear Evan Hansen was in fourth at $1,649,281, surpassing Wicked, which had kind of been occupying that fourth spot. Um, Wicked came in fifth this week at 1.6. I wonder if that has anything to do with more kids being back in school. There were only three other shows in the Million Dollar Club this week. Aladdin, Come From Away in the Book of Mormon. Great Comet was actually ninth on the weekly list. Again, frustrating. Um, Down at the other end of the scale, three plays were bringing up the rear with A Doll's House Part 2, Marvin's Room in its final week that closed uh, on Sunday, and then 1984 in ascending order. Prince of Broadway was fourth from the bottom at $305,108. I don't... I don't think that last week's reviews will help the show at all, although they've done a fairly marvelous job at getting pool quotes out of them. Um, but, but you know, better reviews certainly wouldn't have hurt um, as it's not doing super well over at the uh, Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Now, now James, we, we normally talk about shows that are on the bubble and we put it in the context of the dollars that they bring in every week. But... This week, I wanted to kind of put this conversation in a slightly different perspective, and this might be the 79-dimensional chess or whatever you talk about, but here we go. Last week, 18 of the 29 shows on Broadway made less than 70% of their gross potential. So not doing super well, some doing really bad, some doing okay. Of those 18 shows, six have already recouped, putting them in a much different category than the others, those being The Phantom of the Opera, Chicago, Beautiful, Waitress, School of Rock, and Kinky Boots. Another nine have already announced a closing date. That's Bandstand, Groundhog Day, Prince of Broadway, The Terms of My Surrender, Cats, Miss Saigon, 1984, A Doll's House Part Two, and Marvin's Room, which is obviously already closed. So the three that have neither recouped nor announced closing are War Paint, the play that goes wrong, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. War Paint came in at $510,005, and that was just 40.5% of its gross potential. The plays that goes wrong saw a modest bump from the previous week, but it came in at $329,000, or 48.5% of its gross potential. And Charlie and the Chocolate Factory still did a fairly respectable $850,506, but that was just 61.2% of its potential. So while clearly shows that have recouped could close, things like Beautiful Kinky Boots Waitress, um, which we're going to talk about Waitress again here in a second. I would keep an eye out for War Paint and the play that goes wrong to post closing notices next. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary here, but even if those shows that are um, uh, already recouped, if they're going to close, chances are they'll at least wait out the holidays. I, I don't know if War Paint and the play that goes wrong that can do that. Anyway, as I mentioned in the first story and a couple times here, both Waitress and A Bronx Tale could use some good box office news. Waitress came in at just over $600,000, and A Bronx Tale was at just under $655,000. Obviously, like I said, Waitress has already recouped, so it's in a slightly different boat. But it seems that the late summer, early fall transition has certainly not helped either of those two shows, James. All right, next up, Hamilton Music Video honored at the VMAs. Yeah, James, for those that weren't into the incest and dragon fighting of Game of Thrones on Sunday night, there was another major event. Spoiler alert. 
I don't even watch the show. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm just guessing. That's what every episode is about, right? Anyway, um, there's another major event on TV on Sunday, and that was the MTV Video Music Awards. In the category of Best Fight Against the System, okay, the nominees were John Legend's Surefire, Logic featuring Damian Lamar Hudson's Black Spider-Man, Big Sean's Light, Alicia Cara's Scars to Your Beautiful, Taboo featuring Shailene Woodley's Stand Up, Stand in Rock, hashtag no D-A-P-L. I don't know what that means. And the final nominee in that category was Immigrants. We get the job done from the Hamilton mixtape. And I, I guess shocker, uh, Hamilton won again. It wins everything. Um, I, you know, I joke, but as we discussed when that video was released, it was pretty badass. I mean, it was a really great video. Yeah. The song is sung by Kanon featuring Residente, Riz MC, or Riz Ahmed from The Night Of and Star Wars Rogue One, and Snow the Product. The track was produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Robert Rodriguez, Kimberly Stuckwich, and Ian Blair. James, this is a super niche award on an increasingly irrelevant MTV awards show, but... I continue to be impressed with the cultural inroads that Hamilton has been able to make over the past two and a half years. As we talked about, that opening uh, at the Pantages in Hollywood was so ridiculously star-studded. Uh, you know, it. we know the show's good, but I'm just continually shocked at how much it's permeated the general pop culture. Arthur Miller documentary to play New York Film Festival. Yeah, James, the New York Film Festival will take place from September 28th through October 15th. And then on October 9th and 10th, a new documentary entitled Arthur Miller Writer will debut. The film comes from Miller's daughter, filmmaker and writer Rebecca Miller. It is described as a portrait of her father, his times and insights built around impromptu interviews shot over many years in the family home. This celebration of the great American playwright is quite different from what the public has ever seen. It is a close consideration of a singular life shattered by the tragedies of the Red Scare and the death of Marilyn Monroe, a bracing look at success and failure in the public eye, an honest accounting of human frailty, a tribute to one artist by another. The film is an HBO documentary film release, so hopefully it will show up on that network in the future. Uh, James, the first play that I was ever cast in in high school was The Crucible, and I've had a fondness for Arthur Miller ever since. So this just found, sounds absolutely fascinating um, and really, really, uh, you know, introspective and interesting. So I'm excited to see it when it eventually comes out in whatever form that is. All right. So uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.